Welcome everyone to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all. Dan and I have reached season two, episode two. We're going to tackle Homer Simpson with hair. Damn. Well, we've established that one of Homer's trademarks is that he's bald and fat. So now, we're going to work with that. But not as fat as he should be? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. But uh, if Homer had hair, do you think that would make his life better? Apparently, the answer is yes. But also, in other ways, make it much more uh, tough for him in ways. Yeah. So, we are going to review Season 2, Episode 2, Simpson and Delilah. And, of course, will be lots and lots of trivia for the episode. But the uh, the title is a reference to Samson and Delia. It's yes. the, the, uh, the Bible story. Samson has superhuman strength, but when you cut off his hair, he loses everything. But he had the hots for his girl named Delilah, and then the bad people used that against him. So, of course, we're going uh, Simpson instead of Samson. You know, unlike but that. The, the, but the funniest thing about that story is the freaking... Like, they gouge his eyes out and, like, make him a slave, but they let him grow his fucking hair back like with idiots. <laughs> That's not good storytelling, guys. Yeah, but, uh... Simpson... No, that's not... the way it is in everything, right? It's just, like, they fucking... The, like, they forget, or they don't... Or the, the person that needs to know doesn't know. Exactly. Like, that's the way it works in most governments. <laughs> So, can't imagine the largest government in the history of humanity <laughs> wouldn't uh, get that shit together. Um, so, like, this is the, only the 15th episode of the entire series. It aired October 18th, 1990, and was pretty big for its time just because of the gay character and the man-on-man kiss. That was a really big deal for the early 90s, right? And it wasn't even a romantic kiss. No, it wasn't romantic at all, but... I just slap him on the ass, too, but... And, of course, Dan, who'd they get to voice Carl? Well, obviously, Harvey Firestein. <laughs> Who else would it be? David. <laughs> David. Dude, the best is, uh... We'll get to this eventually when they do the critic crossover, and they're like... They're like, tell us, Sherman, who's gay? And the first person he says is Harvey Fierstein. They're just like, no! They're shocked by that. Also in Mrs. Duff, oh my god, you look like I'm up there. <laughs> it's, he's such a great comedic actor, but it's, if you can't... He's so good. He has flames coming off his flames, so how can you not tell? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, people didn't know Liberace was gay. I can't believe that. People, women loved him, man. I think the... Uh... <laughs> also, I was just thinking about... Uh... Oh, all the other, all the other like big reveals, and they're just like, that person is gay? 
And it then Rock, Rock Hudson was one of the big ones. And then, like, but then you start realizing you've seen it all along. Uh, crying out loud, he freaking kicked with the Rockettes during the fucking WrestleMania. Dude's super gay. Well, like uh, Paul Lind, the inspiration behind Roger on American Dad. That's mm-hmm. it's because it, Roger's like a dead on Paul Lind impression that they do for the character. And I was watching the Paul Lynn Halloween special, and the guy who introduced it to me goes, now, in case you can't tell, Paul Lynn was gay. And I just looked at him, and I went, no! You don't <laughs> say. You don't say. <laughs> Sometimes it's very, very obvious. But, of course, we are super appreciative and accepting. And if that causes you to cancel your CKCC radio subscription, yeah, so be it. Yeah, man, people are people, right? Like, you might not agree with the things they say or do, but, like, like they're people, right? Like, people like, so, like... I, I think it always just boiled down to, like, you don't like when people tell you how to live your life, so what gives you the right to tell anybody else? Like, they're just gay. They're not, they're not molesting children or murdering people. Like, there's definitely a, a difference in morality. But gay entertainers have always been exactly that entertaining, and I mean, Elton John's gay. Actually, Elton John's bisexual. He's just usually more often with men. <laughs> Freddie Mercury, perfect examples here. But uh, Carl makes some pretty big TV history here. So let's go through Simpson and Delilah. Of course, tar is not a plaything, is what Bart is writing on the chalkboard. Jeez. And uh, the uh, catch gag is one of the classic ones, the Egyptian dance. They're walking mm-hmm. like Egyptians. They do, the, they do the little, like, the pharaoh thing each direction, and they hop on the couch. So they're, uh, they're watching a game show. Homer, Patty, and Selma are there. Uh, Bart and Lisa are watching. So what's the, uh, this, uh, <laughs> this capital of North Dakota was named after a famous German leader? Hitler! Yeah, Hitler, North Dakota? Oh, yeah, it's called Grade School Challenge, and the kids are beating Homer at it. Oh, and the next question, he, like, says ten things, and then he finally says the right one during that. It's like, told you, got it. No, told you, got it. Patty and Selma are just whatever. The classic TV dinner thing. Kids watch a TV, and then... This uh, commercial comes on. They announce it as a miracle breakthrough in hair growth. And, of course, Homer, like, knocks his tray over, like, shoves the kids out of the way just to get up to the TV. And they're like, check out Demoxinil, the miracle hair growth. He's like, miracle hair. Hair just like everybody else. And did you hear that that's, like, it's in, like, Hair City, Utah? Family, <laughs> yeah. So, of course, Homer's like, uh, Homer's got to have this, right? So, he goes to the doctor, and they're just well, like... Well, the first thing is he, he goes to the ba- to the bathroom, and he opens the medicine cabinet, and it's just filled with, with grow hair things. Oh, yeah, they have... He's like, oh, Marge, this isn't one of those crazy get-rich-quick scheme ones. This one's real. <laughs> oh, he's got the Gorilla Man scalp blaster that he throws in the trash. 
Yeah. So when he goes and he contacts his doctor about getting it, he realizes it's going to cost $1,000. And he's like, well, you know, how about a plan that's uh, more you? <laughs> it's just like this. It's the tub of crap. You know? It's just like a tub of crap. It's like 1995. He's like, but any hair growth will be purely coincidental. So. so Homer, of course, is complaining at work. And Lenny is just like, well, why don't you just charge it through the company's health plan? Just uh, it's not going to get covered. No, just make it. Just do it under the under cover. Yeah, be creative. <laughs> so, it's like, what, what's what's a thousand dollars to Burns? One less ivory back scratcher. <laughs> and I love that Which that joke comes that back. Call, there is will be a callback later. In the there episode. will be a callback. Yes. <laughs> so. Of course, Homer goes back to the doctor, and he's just like, Sir, no insurance company is going to cover something as frivolous as Damoxanil. And he turns on the radio. Meet me in the alley in 15 minutes. Come alone. The super, like, shady deal. Yeah, the classic turn up the music. Yeah, turn up the music, and the doctor's in a trench coat and a fedora. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the, the, the the whole nine yards. And I like the whole thing. He's got it's got like a whole kit. So like Homer's got to like do this, put on the cap. He's got to like massage his scalp while hanging upside down from these leaded boots. Yep. It's, it's a whole ritual basically. And then you know, dear God, give a bald guy a break. Goes to bed. Goes through his morning. This is the, again the last episode. There was a desperate prayer. There's yes. one in this episode too by the father this time, not the son. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because this is a Homer-centric episode. So, he goes into the bathroom, he's got his mouthwash, takes off his cap, and realizes he's got a full freaking head of hair. Like, like hippie hair, too. Like, so much that he has to immediately go to it after celebrating, get a haircut right away. Pretty much, yeah. And I love the uh, the whole celebration thing where he's, like, freaking... He's, run, it's, <laughs> he's running through the neighborhood like Jimmy Stewart. When he yes. realizes that he's actually has been born. And he passes that freaking old couple, Mr. and Mrs. Winfield, that were supposed yeah, the to be ones that were like, characters. he's going to kill himself. <laughs> and they're just like, get a haircut, you hippie. <laughs> and he runs into the other guy who got Demoxinil. Demoxinil! <laughs> so yeah, of course it's a, uh, it's a... It's usually successful. And he goes home... And when the kids see him, they're all rolling around, totally crushing Ned Flanders' flowers. <laughs> and yeah, Homer's celebrating, and he goes to a, he goes to Jake's unisex hair palace, which he hasn't been to in years. Oh, Homer Simpson! I haven't seen you here in like twenty years. <laughs> he gives him the full he gives him the full deal, and then the best is when Patty and Selma see him, and they're actually like they're getting thirsty. They're like, which is really freaking creepy if you think about it. But, like, you've always ripped on, like, like think about it, because we both have sisters. Like, think about if we, uh, like, think about we just constantly ripped on the the men interests of our sisters all the time. But then, like, the same guy shows up and all of a sudden he's good looking. And then we're like, oh, he's hot now. Like... That's, like, such a scummy thing to do, but Patty and Selma aren't exactly known as being moral characters. 
I think I think we can all establish that. Like they are, they are more complicated than just being the rude twin they have, sister like, deal. Well, uh, we did the thing earlier today with our new show, and two of the twenty best episodes of all time, supposedly, are so Selma centric. Her name is in the title. So well, I mean. I mean, I think, like, Patty's main character traits is, like, that she ends up being a lesbian. She adopts a daughter because she was never interested in dating. She was never the interested one. And then, like, in, like, the political-centric episode, she's, like, one of the main board members of, like, the Springfield Democratic Party. That's, like, the main Patty stuff when you separate Isn't her like from the, Selma. the thing about, like, uh, they're celibate, one of them by choice and the other had it thrust upon him or whatever. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And then, like, and Selma's the one who's desperate for a man and wants a family and all this other stuff, and that's why she's married to everybody. Sorry, yep. <laughs> Troy McClure. Apparently Lionel Hutz at some point, and refuses to marry a Pooh to get him into the country. They can be interesting characters by themselves, but of course, you know, with the twin dynamic, there's a lot of interchangeable characteristics between them. And the big one is that they both despise Homer because. Well, that's a classic trope, right? Is that the the woman's family hates the husband? Classic. Yeah, and they weren't exactly the best big sisters to Marge anyway, which I think most people can understand and agree upon. And. It's like their their big negative category, but like March there, March please. Yeah, uh, it's your sister. I don't know why you had to marry that guy. So, of course, Mister Burns is checking out his security monitors, and he's like, "It's time to promote an executive because we need somebody who's in touch with the workers." And he sees that Homer's got a full head of hair and immediately views him as a young go-getter because bald makes him look old but the hair makes him look young so and the announcement is so bad too over the loudspeaker where Smithers is like say goodbye and come upstairs for a better life (laughs) like to everybody which is so terrible when you think about it so they make Homer an executive and he's gotta find his big job is he's gotta find a secretary right yeah, he's got to get secretary. But they're all sex bots. They're all hitting on the, the young executive. And ironically, he gets one that actually is attracted to him. But yeah, in walks a man named Carl. I'm here to be the secretary. You don't belong here. You're not executive material, but I can help you. I can make you bigger and better. And he's like, yes, what do I need to do? He's like, I need three weeks vacation. Done! <laughs> Doesn't he ask for another perk, too? It's like three weeks vacation and another perk? Yeah, something it's just like that. It's like, oh yeah, done. And then, like, as Carl is, like, the Homer's main guy, works out super freaking well for him, because he takes Homer to get fancy new clothes done, and whenever, of course, whenever Homer is like, oh, what about this? No. <laughs> you know, he's just... Never off the rack. Never off the rack. When Homer forgets their anniversary, he freaking sends the singing telegram guy to the house. Ah, oh, so beautiful. 
The best is when he calls him. It looks like he's in a freaking hospital, but he's got, like, breakfast in bed. It makes you wonder who served it to him. It literally looks like he's in the ER, but that's just apparently the way that he lives. Fancy. So, of course, they got to have Homer sitting in on the board meeting, and Smithers is hating this because Homer's got all the attention of Mr. Burns now. Yeah, and he's just, like, you know, trying to figure out ways that we can of productivity with, but not with too much cost. And he's like, well, we, when we have the fish fingers, we only get a little bit of the tartar sauce. What if we just get a little bit more? Everyone will be happier. Hold on, Smithers. Don't you hear what he's saying? It's 99 cents worth of tartar sauce could save us thousands, maybe even millions. I like the cut of your jib, Simpson. I like that the tar. I just love that he's calling it tartar sauce. Let the fools have their tartar sauce. The best part is Homer's freaking in the cafeteria, just scooping these giant. He's, just, he's got the big ladle. <laughs> just scooping sauce. giant hunks of tartar sauce. Oh my god, it's so freaking funny. And uh, now, and of course, here comes Jealous Smithers. He's like, you know, the decrease in accidents is exactly the number that Homer had caused last month, and the productivity increase matches the one when Homer went on vacation, and Burns is like, you're just jealous, Smithers. I think we should give Homer the key. And he gets to go to the... Stop going into that bathroom. It's a nasty bathroom. They've given you the key. Oh my god, the bathroom he's sitting in is like... It's, like, worse than a gas station bathroom, and you're just like, god damn, people have to work there. Like, I work in a warehouse, and our bathroom is certainly not luxurious, but it's freaking clean. It's extremely basic, but you better damn believe it's clean. Oh, it's so terrible. Yeah, the executive washroom. He's got, like, a a four-string quartet on cue to just play in there. There's, like, a big fountain... And Burns comes out of like a, a this giant stall upstairs. Uh towel towel me, Simpson. Yes, sir, Mr. I said Simpson. Homer gets the the honor of toweling off Mr. Burns' hands. And Smithers just can't freaking take it anymore. So now it's the last straw. So Smithers goes through the plant's files. And finds out that Homer charged Demoximil to the company health plan to keep his brain from freezing as a reason for the charge. Oh boy, the fix is in. So of course, Homer's got to give a big ol' speech to the executives. And he's going to need some help with this and Carl's going to help him out with it. But Smithers barges in and says that Simpson's fired for it, and Carl immediately takes the takes the blame. And well, this course, is what, when, he, he, when he goes to Mister Burns about it. Somebody fleeced us for a thousand dollars. What? I had my eyes on that ivory back scratcher. It's a great callback. That's <laughs> such a great callback to the to the opening joke. <laughs> he goes, "Go make an example out of him." but Smithers is forced to concede that Carl did it because he's got no proof otherwise he goes well then you're fired 
And Homer's just like, what am I going to do? He's like, don't you see, Mr. Simpson? It wasn't the hair. It was you. You're the one that came up with the tartar sauce. and the... Yeah, all that was you. <laughs> and as he says his goodbye, of course, it's raining. Because you got to have the, the glum atmosphere, right? we got to set the mood. Did you bring your umbrella? No. Have mine. And he does. And he immediately starts coughing. <laughs> Two steps later, <laughs> and sniffling. <laughs> so freaking funny. There, there's a lot of great jokes that they they use in this episode. Like this, you could tell that season two was taking a big step up from the first season as far as like writing quality was going, and how they were putting the jokes in. So damn funny. Did you also notice that, like, Lisa has all these problems and Homer immediately goes, how about a pony? And she's like, okay. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Homer's stressed out, but he's like, as long as you've got your hair, everything's going to be good. And what does he come home to? Bart's... The boy. The boy's putting the demoxinol on his face because he wants to try and grow a beatnik beard. Smooth, Daddy-O. Of course, he scares Bart. Bart spills everything. He strangles him, and he gets him with the I love you, Dad line. And Homer desperately tries to get so- soak it in from the carpet onto his head. No. So, yeah, the next day... So, just to prove that Demoxinil was probably a huge scam in the first place after one night of not using it his entire hair falls out all of it yeah which just proves that he got taken that's the proof right there like yeah we'll give you hair but you better keep giving us that thousand bucks because if you don't well that's the end of the hair uh, there you go. Homer got Homer got the big scam. Maybe he should have gone with the gallant, the uh, the big jug. Oh, it actually works. It's just you have to keep going. Exactly. That's the thing. But that's how they get you, right? That's how they well, get you. That's how they get re- the continual repeat customers. So, of course, that's the big pep talk that Carl actually shows up. And he's just like, here, everything's on a note card. Just read them. But without my hair, no. Everything was you. But how do I know I'm not just a fool? Because my mother told me never to kiss a fool. And just plants him right on the lips. He's just like, whoa, Carl. Gives him the smack on the ass, too. And what's funny about the speech is it's actually freaking brilliant. Because it's all he's about bald now, and everyone's like, "Ah, he's bald. Why would we listen to that idiot? He can't even grow hair." I know it's so terrible that Homer presents this fantastic speech. That it even ends with like we'll, we'll save like over a hundred thousand dollars a year, and they're just like, "Boo! We can't trust you. You're fucking bald." <laughs> like, oh god, dang. And Burns. Of course, Burns has a one-on-one with Homer. But rather than fire him, 
pieces. See, this movie like Burns is the worst, but there's times where holy shit, like, and then early in season one, there was the "You're a ladies' man." Well, can you please tell me how? Yeah. And then this one, he's like, "I should fire the shit out of you." Actually, no, I shouldn't. But I, I'm bald. I've been bald since high school. <laughs> one day in high school. And yeah. also, of course, the 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 age. Like we, it's established way later on that Burns is lying about his age. But here he tells Homer he's 81. And it's just like, you know, that actually probably could be plausible, but we all know that Burns is actually 104. So, whether you can chalk... So, like, that's definitely one of those things that the writers probably came up with, and then we're just like, no, we gotta make him way older in the future. But it's so easy to get away with that, because you can just chalk it up to Burns as a liar. Of course Burns would lie about his age. Or he's so old that he doesn't even really know. Maybe he doesn't even know either, yeah. Yeah, because in his youth, he had big locks of hair, but when he was in college, he was bald as a plucked chicken. So he says, so I'll tell you what I'll do. Go back to your old position in Sector 7G. So, of course, Homer's, you know, he's just like, man, what am I going to do? Marge will never love me. I'm at a dead-end job. The kids are going to hate him. And Marge is like, hair doesn't matter. Your job always provided needs. The kids are going to get over it. And then he's like, well, what about me? And, of course, she sings, you are so beautiful to me. And then he sings along. Oh, yeah, and he changes the lyrics so they're about him. Yep. <laughs> Which is something they've done I in other episodes, too. I am so beautiful to you. To you. So, talk about an episode with a lot of heart. A Homer-centric episode with a lot of heart, but a lot of good jokes. This is a good way to really get season two rolling here. Like, Bart gets an F, was kind of heavy on the drama. This episode does a much better job creating a sympathetic situation for Homer, but really packing in some good jokes. And, for early guest spots, one of the best ones. By far. What do you think? Yeah. Well, we said last week. Last week was an important episode, but it did not necessarily feel good or was much fun. <laughs> but this one, but this one, they kind of got the mix right. You got it. Yeah, you got a big, got a really good mix, actually. So, a little bit of trivia about the episode. So, of course, this is the Homer and Carl kiss. Carl is the first openly gay character. Um, we all know that the television's first real man-on-man kiss happened on Dawson's Creek, but Homer and Carl beat him to it by almost a decade. So take that, Dawson. Uh, because Homer's got a full head of hair and it probably isn't going to happen again organically like this. They made a conscious effort in every scene to have his hairstyle different. So every time you see him, you see something a little bit different. Because, like, right, he's got the, uh... Because, of course, he's got the hippie locks at the beginning, then he's got, like, the bowl cut, and then he's got... He's got, like, the, the super business cut, then he's got, like, the slick back cut. So he's got everything kind of represented here. So, of course, we talked about the contradiction of Burns being 81 versus 104. 
next time that's pointed out is uh, who shot Mr. Burns when Skinner flat out says, I would never mistake an 104-year-old man for an elementary student. So, Matt Groening's original plan was to make Carl look like Harvey Fierstein, or Firestein. I was not 100% sure how to say it, because I've heard it pronounced like 12 different ways. I guess I'd have to ask him how you say it. Um, so, Fierstein actually objected to that idea, because he said, I don't look like gay people how they're supposed to look. So he said, make him blonde, tall, gorgeous, skinny, and given a beautiful place to live. And that's exactly what they did. And, of course, demoxanil is a play on the word minoxidil, which is an ingredient in a little product called Rogaine. Y'all know what Rogaine cures, Dan? Male pattern baldness. <laughs> so, when Matt Groening was asked initially about people asking, was Carl gay? His initial response the day after the episode airs was, he's whatever you want him to be. But he did point out that he does kiss Homer, he does give him a nice pat on the butt, and that's beyond what any other cartoon had done at the time. Daily Ter- Telegraph calls it the ten, one of the uh, ten best Simpsons episodes of all time. But, uh... Harvey Fierstein turned down the role to appear as Carl again in Three Gays of the Condo. When Homer got thrown out of the house and encountered Carl, that would be part of the gay couple, but Harvey was like, well, the script has a lot of clever gay jokes, but didn't have a Simpson twist and decided to turn the role down. They also say that Harvey was the very first guest star who wasn't ashamed to say he had done it. Like, now it's a badge of honor to be a guest on The Simpsons, but back then it was one of those things where, like, oh, you're on a cartoon, and I don't know about that. (laughs) I also love, did you also catch one of the executives was, like, the nerve of a bald man to think he can run the power plant, which is really friggin' ironic? (laughs) And, of course, one of the few times Mr. Burns actually remembers Homer's name, not only that, but addresses him as Mr. Simpson. Don't get used to that, though. Again, we're still feeling out some characters. W. Good episode, though, especially for such an early episode. Simpson and Delilah. Broke down barriers, made us laugh, and give you some heart. What more could you want? What do we got next time on Stupid Sexy Podcast, Dan? It's finally time. It only took 16 episodes, but we're going to do it. For the first ever Treehouse of Horror. Yes. The annual tradition. producer, James Hell Brooks. Although they didn't have any of the names yet, which we'll we'll talk about when we review it. But yes. uh, Also, we've talked about possibly doing a couple of episode watch-alongs to do some live reactions. And I think we might experiment with Treehouse of Horror as some bonus content on our Patreon page, which you can access at patreon.com slash clubkfave, starting at only $5 a month. We're going to start putting some bonus Stupid Sexy podcast content up there. 
And I think we actually have previously reviewed this Treehouse of Horror. Yeah, so a show we did a few years ago. So we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. We'll we'll look at it with some fresh eyes and everything. But uh, but if you're gonna get the uh, the full experience, Patron is the place to go. And we'll definitely try to get you some more stupid, sexy podcast content out there. Maybe we'll do the movie as a. I was I was thinking the movie would be a patron thing, like a full on director commentary watch along, which would be crazy, but also so much fun. So yeah, thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to check out the other awesome shows on CKCC Radio, including Club Cafe Wrestle Talk, the weekly pro wrestling podcast with Dan and myself, and sometimes Glenn, Real Paranormal Talk, and Ranking Tracks with Jeff Trelowitz. Motivational Moves with Adrian Cotton. First Monday of the month is when that one drops. Jay Bunny's Music Hub. New episodes and the backlog being updated. The United We Fan podcast with Mark and Brian for a weekly dose of nerddom. The Bored to Death Binge cast with Jay Winger and crew with an entire season of content to binge at once. The Race Nerd podcast with Matt Hardman. And soon to be making its return, Chris Ranks the Universe, my personal mini-series show. And I've got some content to watch for that when we're done recording this episode, so you might be seeing that down the line sooner than you think. That does it for this week's edition of the Stupid Sexy Podcast. We'll see you guys next week for Treehouse of Horror. Feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all. <laughs>